0: Hey guys, welcome back to Storytime Podcast. I am your host, Haley Lira, and today I'm going to be serving up a story about a fortune teller, Ha Jade Smith, 52, and her daughter, Anita Vo, 23. And I'm going to be discussing their brutal murder, which also had one of the most bizarre crime scenes. Now, this took place April 21st, 2005. And before I jump into it, I just want to thank you guys so much for tuning into Storytime Podcast. I have repeated this time and time again, but I love true crime. It's something that I've always overindulged in. I'm very, very happy and excited to have a true crime community to share some of these stories with. Not a lot of people in my circle were really drawn to true crime in such a detailed manner that I was, and so it's really exciting to be able to share this with people. With that being said, you can go on my social media websites. That's going to be story underscore time underscore Slayer on Instagram. Boo, I'm not super active on Instagram. I need to get better. And then that's Storytime Slayer on Facebook. Facebook, I try and stay relatively active on. And then also you can feel free to email me. That's storytimepods at gmail.com. I love to hear from people, get ideas on stories, ask questions. Yes, yes, yes to all of that. Alright, and then one more thing, please, if you're able to leave me a review, please leave me a review, preferably five stars, but honesty is always the best policy, blah, blah, blah. Okay, let's get started so a little bit about the victims ha jade smith was known as miss haw and she was an immigrant from vietnam she escaped with her daughter anita to avoid communism and this was like no easy task she was a single mom for one of an infant and she didn't get to just like hop in a car and drive off into the sunset. She had to carry her five-day-old infant on her shoulder through the Cambodian jungle just to get to the transportation, which then took them to a refugee camp where they lived for two years years before they could go to america so this was like hard it took a lot of grit but you know what she wanted a better life for her and her daughter and she made it happen they came to orange county california and moved within a large vietnamese community and guess what in vietnamese culture fortune telling is like a really big deal people really believe in honor a really good fortune teller and they'll even pay a really good amount to see them so Miss Haw was super well known for being a respected fortune teller and for wearing really flashy jewelry she had ads taken out weekly even if you weren't a regular of hers even if you didn't do fortune telling Almost everybody knew who she was in the area. She had hundreds of clients all over the world. Some of them were repeat customers that had returned year after year seeking advice or palm readings, just all sorts of things they wanted to know about their love life, sex, money, career advancements, etc. She would also perform spells for her customers, which I thought was, wow, I didn't even think they did that. This sounds so crazy, but apparently it was really lucrative. Like, customers paid up to $15,000 a visit, depending on her services, and I mean, she did it. She came to America, and she made a name for herself. Her daughter ended up going to college at the UCLA Law School. They were living the American dream a real Gilmore girl connection too between the mother and daughter it seemed to me they really were described to have gotten along and had like just a beautiful relationship so it's really tragic what happened it is april 22nd 2005 and anita's ex-boyfriend dung called police wow what a name okay so they had dated for six years But he, for one, was not approved of by Miss Ha. She caught them in bed together, apparently, and she basically forbade Anita from being with him. But Anita was in her early 20s. So he betrayed her. I think he cheated on Anita and he'd really been trying hard to win her back. So he had dropped off Anita and Miss Ha some sandwiches on the porch. Like I said, she didn't really like him, so I think that's probably why he didn't knock or try to come over or be in contact with Anita via phone. But later he stopped by their house and he found it really odd that this food was still on the porch and their small dog was in the backyard. Apparently the dog was just never outside alone ever. Like they never just put the dog in the backyard for a minute. He decides he needs to call the police for a welfare check and he really really wanted to call them because neither of the women were answering the door police arrive at the scene and inside they find something that they really weren't expecting for one the house was completely ransacked the house is upside down and then for two both women were already deceased the crime scene looked really ritualistic and bizarre because for one remember she's a fortune teller And she had a bunch of candles lit that were giving off a red hue. I don't know if they were in red jars, but it had a very ominous vibe to the apartment. Secondly, both the women's faces and hands had been completely drowned in white paint. Like, the cause of death was not drowning or related to the paint. The paint was poured on after the women had already been deceased. But... It was very odd. So the women both had looked to have bled out from several stab wounds. A lot of the wounds were actually defensive wounds because they did fight back their attackers. But they ultimately died from being stabbed to death and bleeding out. So sad. They both were stabbed approximately like 15 to 20 times each. The mom, she looked to have been bowing over in prayer Almost like she's kneeled over on the ground. She's sitting in a kneeled position with her head bent over and her arms extended away from her body on the ground. This was just overall a bizarre crime scene. It almost looked a cult. And investigators were so dumbfounded as to what happened to these women and why. Because for one, Miss Haw had bars on her windows and locks on her doors that were totally undisturbed. There was no sign of forced entry. So this must have been someone that they let inside. Like they didn't understand why white paint was poured all over the women. It was very confusing. They needed to figure out who would do this. Naturally, they look at the ex-boyfriend trying to win Anita back. Given the fact that the time of death was ruled as happening the day before though. He had a solid alibi for the day before. He called police. So he was completely cleared. I think it was confirmed that he was working during that window of time. Okay, next they discovered that she had been robbed before, Miss Haw. She was assaulted in 2001 and robbers made off with $372,000 in cash and jewelry. Could this be related? That was their next thought. Could this be related? They were able to rule that out, actually, that this was an unrelated crime. And they were going as far as to see if the white paint held any Vietnamese or occult significance that could help solve this case possibly. Now they did find that white is symbolic of mourning or passing. They wear this rather than black to Vietnamese funerals. And they also found that white paint was used for Vietnamese theater. And it just had several little possibilities of what it could signify depending on how deeply you looked at the situation so it was obvious that the paint was poured on after they died though this is something that we do know and the investigators start looking around remember the house has been ransacked but the perpetrators actually overlooked a substantial amount of money zipped within a vacuum bag in this vacuum bag was $64,000. Um, inside the kitchen coffee pot, they also found a large amount of hidden jewelry. So, as far as physical evidence goes, they find that, which I don't know so much of the money and jewelry because it was Miss Hawes would be evidence as much as potential motive. But as far as physical evidence goes, they do find two knives inside of a plastic bag that are instantly believed to be the murder weapons. I mean, for one, these are like steak looking knives and for two, they have blood all over them. I guarantee this is one of those like shit show amateur moves where they just didn't mean to leave the knives I mean, they even put them in a bag like they intended to carry them out, I'm sure. So, according to an episode of this in Cold Blood, this made investigators think that this killing was actually impromptu and it was not premeditated. Um, So, they decide they're going to send the knives to the lab and see what they get from that. Further within the home, they actually found a bloody footprint on a towel in the restroom. Like, the perfect imprint. All they needed was the actual foot and they could match it. So there was also a blood mixture in the bathtub water. This indicated that the person showered there. This was evidence they took a shower. They stepped on the towel with their bloody footprint and then they showered. So it was impromptu, but the person was comfortable showering there, which is so weird to me. Unsure what the paint actually signified and having no suspects, the police were going through her neighbors and her clients next. And this was supposed to be grueling. She had over 250 that were worldwide. They also need to look at who would benefit. Did she have any enemies, etc. During this investigation, it's kind of crazy, but the handyman shows up, the apartment handyman. And... It's really common for people to return to like a crime scene as an onlooker. So you can imagine what people thought when they see this like disheveled handyman show up. And he's asking a bunch of questions about the crime. And he just so happens to have white paint all over his boots. Remember, the victims mysteriously had white paint poured on their hands and their faces. So they immediately are suspicious of this handyman. For one, he was a building maintenance man, so he had knowledge and access. And then for two, he had white paint all over his boots. For three, he had his hand wrapped as if he had a gash or a cut on it, possibly from hitting himself during a stabbing maybe. Not to mention, he also got along really well with Miss Hall, and he even had a spare key to her apartment. So police immediately decided they have to question him. He denies, denies, denies. Tell them that they got the wrong person. He got the cut while he was working and the paint he recently used on a job site. So he must have just spilled some. They ask him if they can actually run a paint comparison. And the handyman says yes. Oh my gosh. I would have been so nervous to let them run a comparison. Even if I was innocent. What if it was the same paint? No way. Okay. But it wasn't the same paint. Um, it did make sense for him to have pay on his boot. He was ultimately cleared, and that sent them back to square one. So they're looking through the client list, in which totally felt endless to them, almost grueling. It was going on all day. She had 250 clients coming to and from her apartment. But a week into the investigation, they get a phone call from a bank And apparently someone was using Ms. Hall and Anita's credit cards and they were slowly warming up and making larger and larger purchases with them. So police actually get surveillance of the credit card swipers at a target and they can see it's an Asian woman and a man. And that's really all that they had. They had to just sit and wait for her to swipe it again so they could know her next location. With the credit cards, whoever stole them, they booked a trip from Georgia, like the state Georgia, to Orange County, California, under the names of the victims. Wow, that's so ballsy. So under Miss Haw and Anita's name. This was a great break in the case because whoever bought those tickets was either the killer or they could narrow down where they found the credit cards at and that could help them catch their killer so what police did i thought was so clever they ordered two plane tickets to sit right behind the seats of whomever ordered the plane tickets under miss haw and anita's names and they did recognize the woman from the surveillance video at target and this was so clever to me so They decided to actually tail her for a couple of days. And while they do that, they actually catch her shopping and swiping Anita and Miss Haw's credit cards. And then they catch a really good break because they watch her check into a hotel room. So after this woman who they've been tailing checks into a hotel room... They go and they ask the hotel clerk what the woman's name is because she's a suspect. And the woman checked in under the name Tanya Nelson. Now, of course, they weren't sure if this was really her real name or if this was just some name that she was using. But it was something that they had. It was something new to try and go off of. So they decided that it was time. They were going to go ahead and detain and arrest Tanya Nelson. Upon doing this, they were actually able to search her hotel room, where they found more credit cards belonging to Miss Haw and Anita, and um, some other things that could have possibly came from her apartment, like there was a trunk. But Tanya refused to answer any questions, and she immediately wanted a lawyer, like she was not playing. To buy time, they initially arrested her for identity theft and credit card. Just while they beefed up their evidence about the murders. So who is Tanya? Where is she from? What's going on? So Tanya is from North Carolina. And they decide to go ahead and investigators fly to her town and search her home. Where they find a bunch of paperwork that was actually trying to transfer Haw's accounts to Tanya somewhere along the line I'm not sure how but Haw and Tanya were related so this is going on beyond credit card fraud they also see on the date that Haw and Anita were killed Tanya had written horrible sin on her calendar the best thing they found, though, was a boarding pass for Felipe Zahora to Orange County just a few days before the murder. So Felipe, Philipp, Philippe Felipe is actually how you say his name, Felipe. Okay, so he lived by Tanya, and so police went to go see him, like, immediately. And he said that he'd known Tanya for years, they were just friends, and he did decide to go on a trip with her to Orange County. Okay, why? So he denied everything for a really long time. And then investigators just simply asked, why'd you kill her? And Philippe just sort of gave it up. Now, I say this really casually. Some accounts say that he'd been at the police station for a really long time. But he just sort of claimed that Tanya actually knew a really deep, dark secret about him. See, Philippe was married with children. And if I'm not mistaken, he actually paid Tanya for sex once. I'm I'm not sure, but the whole secret is that Tanya found out Philippe was a closeted homosexual. And so she used this secret against him to expose him if he didn't come with her to Orange County to force Miss Haw to perform a spell that Tanya wanted her to perform that Miss Haw refused to perform. So what spell, what spell, what's going on? You know, Tanya was one of the longtime clients of Miss Haw that I had mentioned earlier. She was also very dangerous. Um, So she'd had an affair with her brother-in-law, which is so low, that's so low to me. But she had an affair with her brother-in-law and she became super obsessed with him. So Tanya actually made it really hard for him to get away from her. And in fact, he moved away to North Carolina. I'm not sure where they lived before, but he moved out of state to North Carolina and she followed him. Okay. And like one time, this is after he moved away from her, she broke into his house. Another time she had an confrontation outside of his home with his girlfriend and then she had a confrontation outside of his home with him in which she pistol whipped him okay so she's like batshit crazy well Tanya actually went to Miss Haas and asked her if she could cast a love spell to make her ex-brother-in-law fall in love with her when Miss Haw refused Tanya decided that she was just going to make her do it but she still couldn't make her i guess miss hall had a big thing about love like she felt like love was not something that she should really tamper with or mess with it wasn't the kind of abilities that she liked to exercise so tanya decided that they would just rob and kill miss hall if she didn't do what they wanted so this is according to philippe and he actually testified against her so Ha and Tanya had walked out of the back area of Miss Ha's home. And they were walking into the kitchen when all of a sudden Tanya just yelled, grab the knife. Okay, so this This immediately alarmed Miss Ha. So Felipe did as he was told. He grabbed the knife and he just began stabbing Miss Ha. Like, that's so crazy to me. Okay, so then they hear Anita, who by the way, they had no idea that Miss Ha's daughter who was in college, they had no idea that she was even home. So Tanya quickly grabs another knife and she just begins stabbing and attacking Anita. After the murders, he says that Tanya decided that she was going to shower. And that was actually her footprint in the bathroom. They then begin going through the house totally ransacking it, turning it upside down. And during that time, Tanya went and sent Philippe to go get the white paint. He actually went to Walmart, which I thought was odd. But I guess where do you go to pick up paint after you killed someone? Walmart's got everything. So he blindly did as he was told. He was like, oh, yeah, sure. I'm not going to go get help. I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm just going to go get some white paint at Walmart. And when he got back, he actually put a towel over Miss Haw's face, a black towel, before he proceeded to pour white paint all over her and Anita's face and hands as Tanya instructed. They were able to arrest both of them with the evidence they'd collected, and his story 100% corroborated the evidence that they'd found Um, The bloody footprint was an exact match, so that was a great piece of evidence. So, Felipe Zamora ended up pleading guilty to the murders, and he was sentenced 25 to life. And he actually decided to flip and testify against Tanya. Now, Tanya did not speak during her trial. She was found guilty, and she was actually sentenced to death in California. This story is so odd to me because it's got all the elements. It's got fortune telling. It's got um, someone who clearly is a danger, Miss Tanya. It has someone who was easily manipulated, Philippe Zamora. And it's just really sad to me how all these pieces had to go together for this to happen. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to Storytime Podcast. I will be back next week. Hey, this was a loyal customer of that fortune teller. So watch your back. Bye.